Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Peter Sound, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, event sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and the, the marshal of margaritas, perhaps. <laughs> I'm excited about my guest today, one of my guests, and uh, he's created something, crafted something from the heart that uh, apparently is a really fun uh, ingredient to add to margaritas. Um, but it is February. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, so, you know, open up that nice bottle of wine. In fact, think about your wine pairings for the entire day. Get out of work early. Start with a little, perhaps a little Lillet, and then uh, move into some champagne or sparkling wine. Uh, Gruet is great, or uh, Graham Beck from South Africa. And then uh, think about a little Chardonnay. These days, in January and February, I've always enjoyed big California Chardonnays because it, it tastes like liquid sunshine to me and it's uh you know it's a little heavier wine with the oak and the ripeness and richness and to me it goes well with winter uh, and after that <laughs> you're on your own just open up something tasty and fun uh perhaps like a beer like a Buenas Noches a Biscayne Bay barrel aged stout which I'll be trying on the show uh at the end of the segment or uh, the end of the show uh, but here's some fun things coming up. If you guys are really into uh, experiences and you uh, believe you might have some bartending skills or mixology skills, uh, there's this great, uh, liquor.com has a great uh, competition, and it's uh, presented by Woodford Reserve and Brown Foreman. It's called the Manhattan Experience, and you can go on liquor.com, and if you actually work in the business, uh, which means you're probably not listening to this live, because uh, it is Saturday night, uh, but check it out. I'm going to enter. I've got some really exciting ideas for this Manhattan Experience. You craft some Manhattans, two different ingredient, uh, two different recipes. You submit them. You go to a regional. You go to national. Uh, all, the, all the national winners actually end up going down to uh, Kentucky, uh, to check out Woodford Reserve Distillery, uh, so you get a lot of education and, of course, a chance to meet some cool people, get some ideas, and have a little fun. Um, other than that, of course, we have the uh, the Slow Wine Tour just took place in Portland. Uh, it's all about Italian wines and really this this sort of uh, salt-of-the-earth kind of approach to, to winemaking. Uh, there's a lot of Italian farmers out there or vignerons who make great wine, but doing it the, uh, the, the historic, the classic way, with less intervention, etc. cetera. Uh, and later up, uh, coming up next week, is uh, the Washington Wine Festival. It is actually uh, taking place on the 16th of the Columbia Tower Club. Uh, my friend Dr. Owen Bargreen has put this together. He owns Washington Wine Blog. He's the writer, and uh, he's got a whole host of great Washington wineries. Um, tickets might be sold out already. I know that uh, I got my two, which is fun. Uh, also, we've got the Vancouver Wine International Wine Festival up in Vancouver, B.C., February 26th through the 28th. Uh, but right now, 
you know, we should probably get uh, talking about some margaritas. I've got Bernie Garcia. Uh, his family owns the Moctezuma wine, uh, wine I can't do that, restaurant uh, chain, which is located in some of our uh, bigger parking lots, if you will, the South Center Mall and I think Tacoma Mall and things like that. Uh, hey, Bernie Garcia, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, a friend of ours, mutual friend, um, uh, Alex Long of Sluice uh, Truffles, Sluice Chocolates there on First Avenue at the Thompson Hotel, recommended uh, we meet and connect. And it turns out you've got a really fun uh, new spirit that you develop. But before we go there, let's talk about you. You are um, a restaurant baby, if you will. Mm-hmm. I grew up uh, in the restaurant business my entire life. Um, my dad, Arturo, uh, launched the company 40 years ago down in Tacoma and uh, basically been washing dishes ever since I could remember. <laughs> you haven't been elevated yet? <laughs> uh, well, a little bit, a little bit. He sent me off to college, was, which was his best move, I think, and uh, so got a good, good education. Okay. Uh, so you're back. You're still with the company. It's been 40 years. How many locations do you have? So we've got four locations. We've got one at South Center Mall, uh, Tacoma on 56th Street, Gig Harbor, and most recently in Silverdale. All right. Kitsap Mall. All right. So you're taking care of our uh, friends uh, down south. Absolutely. Pretty neat. Well, so let me t- tell me about the restaurant. Uh, your father, Arturo, was he a chef? Did he create this or did he sort of find... Uh, some cats to help produce some quality food. What do you, what's the menu like? So he, when he first came up uh, from California, he worked for, for a good friend of his who started Mexican restaurants here um, previous to him. Her name is Luz Lara. She was the, the pioneer of Mexican food here in, in Seattle and here mm. in Washington. So she, he worked for her for a few years and learned the craft. Um, and at, at 24, he opened his first location um, in a small hole in the wall location on South Tacoma Way, called Moctezuma. Called Moctezumas, exactly. Wow! And he did that um, while he was dating my mom, and she was still in Mexico. Um, so they they dated for a few years, and when when they got married, she came up and helped him develop all of his recipes and enhanced all of the 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 dishes that that were being prepared. Um, Where's mom from? She's from Jalisco, near Guadalajara. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, and they both are, and so. She is. She was one of thirteen siblings, and one of her her main good Catholic family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she, she, her main role in the family was was to help my grandma cook, and so she learned uh, the craft from from a young age. And so she had a great great palate, great flavoring, um, and recipes that were passed down for from generations. And so when she came came up to to help my dad in the business. Um, she, she helped a lot with, with, uh, improving his recipes and, and from then on it just, it took off and became very successful for them. You know, I'm curious to think that 40 years ago, did we have some of the ingredients that are necess- necessary, um, that are intrinsic to the flavor profile of uh, great, uh, Latin cuisine or Mexican cuisine? Yeah. I mean, what, it was, it was definitely challenging, uh, in the beginning getting, getting good quality, uh, dried chilies, guajillos, chipotles, tomatillas, uh, exactly. Um, but uh, obviously, we're we're pretty close to California, which <laughs> which uh, you know has has a hu- long history with Mexican food, obviously. And so, um, so sourcing those ingredients wasn't 
that challenging. Sure. Um, and nowadays, I mean, it's just everything is is available. It's super easy to. Forty to years ago, so uh, was Moctezuma's one of the first. I mean, you know, I think about these restaurants. Obviously, there is uh, a Jalisco's here in Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Cruz Azteca. There was Garcia's, but I think those were some more larger national chains. I think, though, I think Azteca was actually a Pacific Northwest enterprise. Yes, yes, correct. And are there some other what we'll call? Uh, how do you say grandfather in Spanish? Uh, abuelo, <laughs> more abuelo or grandmother operations that started back then. Was there? I mean, an entrepreneurial spirit. And by the way, being 24 is the best. You got so much energy. Yeah, it's fantastic, and nothing <laughs> can stop you. So I really applaud that. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, the story goes that Luz Lara was one of the f- the pioneers of of the Mexican restaurants here in in Seattle, and um, one of the her brother launched a restaurant down in Lakewood, and that's who my dad ended up working for and learning the craft um, from dishwasher to line cook to manager and eventually did his own thing. But from that from that family, um, they helped launch Aztecas, uh, uh, Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta restaurants. Puerto Vallarta, that's yeah. right. It's in Jalisco's, and, and, and they're all from this small town, uh, and it's called Cuautla, Jalisco. Uh, it's about really? it's about two or three hours away from uh, from Guadalajara, about three hour drive, and um, from that town, I believe there's over 300 Mexican restaurants in Washington State that derive from that small town wow. and from you know the pioneer of of Luz. Well, I hope they changed up some of the menus. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I <laughs> or agree. it could be part of the uh, you know the the McGarcias. <laughs> And you're going to have very similar flavor profiles throughout all these restaurants because they all uh, originated from that small town, which is really neat. Obviously, people, um, it's good to have connections. You feel like a community mm-hmm. and things. Uh, have you cooked at the restaurant? Have you been on the back line? I love to cook. Um, I love to eat more. <laughs> but I love coming up with the, the concepts and the ideas. And I work together with my executive chef who is super talented he he comes from Oaxaca um Marcos he's he's just super talented so i i love to go out and and go visit restaurants in Mexico City in in Guadalajara oh, yeah. um New York LA uh and and go to find you know what the what the leading Mexican restaurants are doing in the nation and and so um, I, I, I get ideas and I bring them back and, um, and we work together and, and coming up with, with flavors and, and, and we actually incorporate my mom as well in a lot of our, our, our innovation of, of our dishes and, um, making sure that we get her blessing before we, we put it on the menu for sure. <laughs> I agree. Uh, speaking with, uh, Bernie Garcia, who's, uh, part of the founding family of, uh, Moctezuma restaurants, there's four here. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is that when we think of, uh, uh, Hispanic or, or Spanish, or actually, I should say, Mexican cuisine. Um, no one has really thought about it as being an elevated style of food. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's a, there's more rusticity, and it's a simple style of food, which is very comforting. Um, you know, uh, to have uh, carne asada or the Mexican or the Americanized part is always the refritos with a little bit of medium or mild cheddar, um, but. In Mexico City, there are some fantastically well-known, internationally known restaurants and chefs down there that have certainly elevated and heightened the, the conscious of uh, Mexican cuisine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that was one of my biggest challenges. So I went to school down in, at USD down in San Diego, 
which, you know, we're 15 minutes, 20 minutes from, from Mexico. And so I was able to see, um, basically what the, the next, um, I guess evolution of, of Mexican food in, in America is. And I wanted to take what we did with, with tech, basically it's Tex-Mex food, um, and, and elevate it. And, and it was a challenge. That was my, one of my first things that I did was, was I took out cheddar cheese. <laughs> cheddar cheese does not belong in Mexican food. No, cotilla. Uh, yep, exactly. Cotija cheese. And so the, and then sour cream, you know, we, we making sure that it was not on every dish in a little ice cream, uh, scoop over, over a burrito or enchiladas. And so, so that was, that was my biggest, um, that was the the task. Number one task was to break the it, stereotypes. Correct, correct, and and show show the public because as you know, they learned a craft. My dad and and that generation learned a craft that was basically if it if it if it works and it's not broken, why fix it? Oh, and yeah, okay. and so Mexican food at that time that's what people wanted, and so. Um, that that's what they served them, and and that's why it's taking them it's taking them so long to to, I guess, innovate was because you know it's selling it's selling. We have a line out the door People on the like weekends, um, and it's not necessarily expensive. So let's, correct, correct. <laughs> but but that I knew that I was looking ahead, and I saw what the future of 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 Mexican food was, and and you know ended up working out pretty well. I ended up working for a company down in California after I graduated from college, um, a large Mexican restaurant chain. And, and I saw a lot of great things that they were doing and a a lot, a lot of innovation. Um, but I saw a lot of things that, that I didn't believe in or things that they were cutting corners on. And so when we came in, we ended, we, we completely revamped the concept. We changed the, the, the logo to start then the recipes, the the presentations, the the margaritas, making sure that we're only going to be using a hundred percent agave tequila, no more of the mixto cheap tequila that every most most gold. Mexican restaurants every gold <laughs> exactly most Mexican restaurants use, and and making sure that we're using fresh juices um, uh, instead of. Right, Bottled high up. fructose corn syrup and citric acidity. Correct. Uh, so fun. Well, I, I want to speak more about this, and of course, we want to get into this <laughs> this fantastic product that I think you've created. I'm super excited to taste it. It's called Grandeza. Uh, but I got Bernie Garcia, uh, part of the family of the Moctezuma Restaurant Empire here from Base of Rod of Jalisco, and uh, we'll be back here. So stick around, folks. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Separated by 20 years and a full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570. KVI. KVI. Want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. 
All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round two. I see two big margarita glasses here. Super fun. I've got Bernie Garcia, who is the founder, inventor, uh, and apparently the dishwasher for Grandiza Orange Liqueur, which was uh, uh, created out of necessity and innovation from uh, the bar, the cantina of Moctezuma. So, uh, Bernie, I used to work at a very famous place here in Seattle and downtown called Casa Ubecha, and it was a place that really elevated the whole idea from the north to south. And uh, our chef uh, uh, went down, and she learned mole. She learned um, the feijoada. She learned a whole, you know, confit. She, it was fantastic because she brought it back, and it was more than – we didn't serve refried beans. We mm-hmm. had whole beans, and mm-hmm. we made our own salsas from tomatillas and, and fresh everything. And um, some of those ingredients – I'm still proud of that because, to me, it was some of the best food, and I loved um, promoting it and, and sharing it with the people. When you think of Moctezuma, um, I think everybody drinks a margarita or a Mexican beer, and I like Dos Equis, and I like Negro Modelo, and I like Bohemia. And um, I'm not a fan, though, of, of some of the, the lighter beers, uh, the Souls, the Coronas, the Tecates. Those aren't my style. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the big sellers for you down there? Are you promoting some of this smaller, lesser-known beers, or are you? Are you? I mean, obviously, Corona is a giant. Yes, I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna provide what what the guest is is gonna ask for. So, of course, Corona is our number one selling beer in, in our restaurants, and Dos Equis as well, and and Pacifico. Um, I think there's a there's a huge um, trend going on with Mexican beers uh, down in the border states in Baja is uh, craft craft breweries just like they got super fa- famous here in Washington and in the United States uh, Mexico is is trailing right behind creating um, some amazing craft beers as well. Uh, so I think in the future we're going to start to see more of those, uh, but it's going to it's going to take some time for them to to get all the way past past California into Oregon and into Washington. Sure, but. and I'm also thinking it makes me think that the whole Michelada movement and mm-hmm. the whole you know lime beer or even they got a margaritas. And I think some of the big companies, the Anheuser Busch's, if you will, are trying to create these drinks that are trying to replicate that feeling you get when you're down in some hot you know place in mexico and you know having a great time with no worries yeah unfortunately those products come woefully short and they're just overly sweet and just sadly um not good and i i you know i'll say that because i believe that and i've tasted them but you guys serve margaritas let's first of all talk about your margarita mix yeah so we we just like most Mexican restaurants in 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 the in the good old in the good old days would would just use uh, a commercial sweet and sour. They would use mixto tequila. Uh, that's the fifty one percent agave. In order for it to be called tequila, it needs to be at least fifty one percent agave. Agave spirit, and the rest can be grain neutral spirits. Correct, vodka, and, if you will. Yeah, and and it's just it was cheap, and it was and. The quality level was was not it was not good. But a very popular for college kids, exactly. Because <laughs> hey, it was cheap, exactly. And the funny thing, I always tell people when you're talking about Cuervo Gold, it doesn't say tequila anywhere. Mm-hmm. It says mm-hmm. agave. Blue says made from blue agave, but it doesn't say 100 percent blue agave. Correct, correct. That's definitely the thing you need to look out for when you're buying tequila or ordering a margarita is making sure that it has 100% agave. Yeah, it makes this real to true tequila and of course uh there is a, a number of Mexico or is it yeah the the Mexican NM is for each distillery has to be licensed. NOM. I took a NOM. Yes, yep. I took a, a 
uh, Patron class, a master class, and so mm-hmm. they taught me all those things. Although, um, so you've got fresh lime juice. You've got probably you're using agave syrup or or you just use sugar? agave nectar. Agave nectar, which is great. Mm-hmm. And do you add any orange to your um, margarita mix, or is it basically water, lime, and sugar? And we or do agave. we do add a little bit of other citruses to kind of sure some lemon. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. To break up the the the, the tartness, the, the lime acidity can be very, very of uh, the lime. Uh bracing. Correct. Uh well I'm getting thirsty. First of all, so you're you're are you bartending there at the time? Did you no. have no. Okay. No. But you said you saw this trend. Yeah. And I so, think the trend is basically people playing with their food. Yeah, just unique presentations and people obviously uh they order and they they eat and drink first with their eyes and then follow through, um, and so we got to make sure that the the presentations are always uh, elevated and 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 look appealing. Um, so that's that's how pretty much how how we launched our margarita. Um, uh, this idea of Grandeza was initially we had the coronarita if you remember right the little bottle of corona the coronita Correct. and then in a giant goblet with salt and lime and it's upside down yep and it's held together with a little plastic clip that that oh, clips that's on right. the glass and then you put the corona uh in the middle of it to to make to suspend it over the top and making sure it doesn't slide around and and fall over and there's pressure inside so it doesn't doesn't actually you can't fill it up anymore because the pressure is equal exactly yeah. and so i think that kind of that that's appealing to see that the 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 corona uh, beer still in the glass and seeing it still suspended over the top. It was tasty too. Yeah, and it and it did cut down the sourness and the tartness of and the it margarita. Gave you some fizz. Exactly, exactly. And so and it costs more. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Another way to, to to upsell, right? And so, so that we we launched that margarita in our restaurants about five or six years ago, and it took off. I mean, I was just really I was shocked. I I didn't think it was that cool of an idea. It helps but, me hydrate with that beer. In there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But but you know it it sold like crazy and 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 you know then because we love to innovate our drinks and our food and our different items that we that we're offering, um, we decided to launch a margarita with a little mini of Grand Marnier instead of the Corona. Right, and those little Grand Marnier bottles are glass and they're heavy and they got screw tops, but there's no way to to suspend them. Did you create something? Correct. So what we did was we used that same clip instead of the Corona and. And we put those on there, but you know it, it was it was a kind of a tough decision because those bottles cost our restaurant. I mean, they were very expensive. They were about uh, four dollars and fifty cents or so. So the additional um, margins that were for profitability uh, just weren't that high. And um, yeah, because it's imported from France. Yeah, exactly. And so we and it's cognac based. Yeah. So what we did was we launched it. And we we ended up pricing it at sixteen bucks in order for us to be able to make sure. any kind of additional profit. And it's not a big seller. I I, th- I thought they they weren't going to sell. I didn't think people were going to pay that much for it. And they took off really like crazy at sixteen bucks at sixteen bucks. Oh, because you're getting the bottle of Grand Marnier, so it's really an extra shot. Yeah, I get it. It's okay. like we call it the Primo Caddy. And I was blown away by the sales of that drink. It was more than double of our house margarita, and so it was it was shocking to me. But as time went on, we we were having problems with the clip, making sure that it was always in stock from our vendors. Making you know people would take them home as souvenirs, and right. and, yeah. and and just a, a big hassle to carry to to carry that that a third drink. party thing. Yeah, exactly. So you had to get the margarita, then you had to get the mini bottle, the clip. 
and it was just a lot of moving parts. And, and so we were constantly getting emails from our, from our management team, from our bartender saying, Hey, you know, I, I've, we've, we've informed our, our, exasperating. Our yeah. yeah. And so we, that's when the light bulb kind of went on. I was thinking of different ideas of how we can still sell this drink, but not in such a, you know, in, in a, in a more, in a smarter way. So that's when just one night I started thinking about this little bottle with the clip and I, and, and I thought of the idea and I, I searched it online, I Googled it and I couldn't find it anywhere. And so I just, to, just to, to purchase it ourselves and utilize it. Well, I searched and searched, I couldn't find anything. So I, I thought, well, you know what, if, if nobody's ever made this before, I'll, I'll make it. So we created a design and I, I talked to Looks uh, like a grandma new bottle. Uh, uh, an IP attorney and in, uh, our our patent attorney, intellectual property people, exactly. And so I reached out to him, and he did his his due diligence. He searched around to see if anything like that existed, and nothing existed. And so he he went ahead. We we went ahead and actually submitted the the application for the patent and. Year later, we got issued the the patent. Wow. Nine million one zero two four three five is exciting. our patent number. Yeah, so you know what the toughest part about a patent is? Hmm. Defending it. That's right. <laughs> oh That's man, right. when you think about uh, InBev coming in or or whatever, um, Diageo saying, "Hey, we're going to do that too," mm-hmm. and I've got twenty lawyers that I, we're going to we pay anyway, so mm-hmm. they are going to mow you down. That's the worst part about this. You know, even though we think about we're clean, we're clear, we've got strength in in the on the law, and it's, but no, they just get motions and they start racking up bills, and it's so defeating. That's why you got to drink more margaritas. That's right. That's right. Um, I lo- did you what did you have a name for it of this particular design? We we didn't yet. So what what the story goes, we we launched this we got this uh the patent. After the patent, we were obviously during that whole process, we were hush hush. We didn't want to say anything. Sure. We just kind of kept at it, kept selling the same drink. And then once we got the the patent issued, um we got these bottles made um with uh locally and what we did was we we would use different liqueurs um, instead of instead of uh, the the Grand Marnier. Right. We had raspberry, blueberry, blackberry, and orange. Oh, interesting! And our bartenders would fill them up, and then the server would then take it to the table and flip over the bottle. And it, we we just wanted to test it sure. to see how it would do, and it took off even more. So fun! Yeah, it sold more than the Grand Marnier's did. I get to put more booze in my market. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we kept the same price. It was more profitable now, and then that's when we knew that we had an idea that we, you know, we're going to do our own. We're All right, gonna, yeah. I love it. The inspiration, the entrepreneur. Hey, I've got uh, Bernie Garcia and uh, Grandeza. It's an orange liqueur that I'm going to try. We're going to make some margaritas. Stick around, folks. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. He's live, he's local, he's all Northwest. Lars Larson, weekdays noon to 3, talk radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Let's just call it Margarita Radio because I am diving into this beautiful plastic goblet. Courtesy of my new pal, Bernie Garcia. He is the founder and part of the family that uh, created Moctezuma, but also, more importantly, an entrepreneur, um, an idea man, a visionary, and uh, I'm, I'm super, I'm really envious that you're able to, I see uh, Constellation Brands coming in and buying this patent from you for 
you know, twenty million dollars, or they'll fight you for it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, okay, so you just made some margaritas, and this is the classic Moctezuma margarita uh, mix blend, which you said was uh, agave syrup, water, lime juice, and some other citrus uh, spirits or citrus juices. Mm-hmm. I just poured um, a taste of the Grandiza, and it reminds me very much of the Grand Marnier look. It's a little darker. It looks like it has a brown spirit of cognac, if you will, if that's what was in, that is what's in uh, Grand Marnier. Uh, but I'm tasting it, and the first impression I got was it is a, it's a complex orange note. You've got the bright, juicy navel oranges, but you've got some of the bitter Seville oranges, and yet there's something in here, and I think it's acidity that comes from the orange juice itself because it gives you that juicy flavor, which most of these things don't have. It's just mm-hmm. orange and sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This has a little acid to it. Correct. And it, it was intended for it to balance well with the with the tequila and the margarita, and that's why we use a neutral grain spirit um, that's ins- pretty instead too. of a cognac or brandy, which are the most popular orange liqueurs that restaurants are using for their premium top shelf Cadillac margaritas. And so that was the whole idea is we created, we we wanted to come up with an orange liqueur that was dark. It's a dark orange liqueur. That's important. But that exactly. You have to see it in there. Correct. Correct. Because if it's, you order a Cadillac and it's light, you're going to say, hey, where's my liqueur Where's my Grand Marnier on top that float, yo? Exactly. Exactly. And so that's, that we, we had to make sure it was a dark liqueur. Um, and we created it so that it complements tequila better than using cognac liqueur or a brandy liqueur. So it's and neutral grain yeah, and it's, it's sweetened with agave nectar, which was instead of a you know corn syrup. <laughs> thank um, goodness we used we used um, agave nectar, and obviously tequila is made from agave, mm-hmm. and so naturally they complement each other and. Um, and that's our sweetener and our margarita, and, and most margaritas nowadays are going towards that agave nectar rather than sugar. Or simple um, syrup, right. And I, I know that when I bartend uh, at some of the local spots here, we use agave syrup as mm-hmm. well, and it's important because mm-hmm. I think it gives you a better sweetness. It's healthier for you, mm-hmm. um, even though it is sweet. Mm-hmm. So uh, tasting this, um, let's talk about the ingredients in this. Yeah. Obviously, I try to, to give you my pers- perspective or perception of, of what I'm tasting. But go ahead and tell me, so using grain-neutral spirits. Now, this is a very soft, I mean, do you put this in oak at all? No, no, we don't age this. We So it must be the sweetness, which is round sweetness. It's giving me this mouth coat, which is really pl- pleasant. Correct. Pleasant. So so we we also did is we added a little bit of vanilla. Mm-hmm. To, to round out the flavorings and not and not make it so citrusy, and with the agave, no, I get that. It tastes like that uh, sherbet. Yep, and 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 also um, to give it a, uh, some complexity as well, we added a little bit of orange blossom to give it a little bit of floral. Um, so there's there's orange blossom and agave syrup, and what was the other thing you said? Uh, vanilla. Vanilla, yeah, vanilla, yeah. Vanilla is the. Um, it's, it's the arbiter of all things. Uh, you can chocolate's not the same without vanilla, mm-hmm. right? You need mm-hmm. to have vanilla and mm-hmm. chocolate, mm-hmm. Um, and vanilla just adds so much taste. Like whipped cream, it's got vanilla in it, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. vanilla by itself smells great, tastes terrible. Yeah, <laughs> adds some sugar to it, and it's one of the best things in the world. One of my favorite flavors is vanilla. Um, often it can be. That's why oak is so prevalent in in bourbon and and whiskeys and of course wine. Um, this is on your menu now. What do you call it? 
We call it the Grandeza Margarita. Grandeza. Yep. All yep. right. Yep. And what's that run? And that one, we kept it at the same price point, fifteen ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. And so now, instead of um, we we had this only at our restaurants when we when we launched the the the, the, the liquor brand itself, but um, now we 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 have it distributed by Southern Glazers, which is the largest distributor in the in the state and in the whole country as well. And so um, we're getting ready to launch the product wow. in California. What was your uh, degree in? In business. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, and a little uh, bit of marketing as that's well. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I like the shape of the bottle. It's different. Thank you. It's, it's taller. It's got a screw cap, which um, it just looks like a wine bottle. But I know, of course, you got orange on the label. How many of these little plastic uh, bottles that you've actually had patented for the design, how many do you have to make at a time? And I assume you're probably going out, you're outsourcing it from the state now because of the volume. Yeah, so the first time we, we, we got these made, after we got the patent made, uh, we were granted the patent, we got them in, we just did a short run of I think five or 5,000 or so, mm-hmm. but down in California. Obviously anything made in the U.S. is just that much more, and then the quantities was was just a short run. Um, once we did the testing and we saw the success of, of the brand and of, of the, of the concept, we went ahead and, uh, sourced the bottles from China, which is, you know, this is what we had to do to keep our costs down to make sure that the, that, the, yeah, that, it, the, that we'd be able to sell them at a low enough price point to, to other restaurants and, and bars. You know, I've been doing a lot of research. I've, I've checked out things for, um, to, some patented ideas and also from things in China. Being Chinese, I know that uh, obviously they, they've got this this labor force. They can do things. Um, in some cases, as much as we want American-made, perhaps it's like uh, Chinese, we're just creating Chinese pollution instead of American pollution. Um, but that's that aside, this is a delicious drink. Do you Can you sell these? Are you going to have the minis in, in the stores? Is this going to be available in liquor stores yes. too? Yes. Yeah. So currently, uh, so we launched about about a year ago now, and we, we were selling it at uh, Downtown Spirits here, right. here just down wow, the street. Okay. Um, and they're, they're available in many restaurants in the in the Seattle area. Um, Mission Cantina. Is it? Uh, yeah, Mama's Cantina. All right, good, because um, it's Mission right Cantina, El Baracho, uh, Red Star <laughs> Taco Shop. I mean, I can go wow. on and on. Yeah. Good for you. What's yep. a, what's the uh, retail price for a bottle? You, you are you thinking? So on a retail 35? point, it's about thirty thirty two dollars. Thirty two bucks. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm over, so I don't get the you know the showcase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, the, can... and the minis go for about about three dollars as well. Uh, all right. And are you gonna so you're gonna have two sizes? There's no there's no one liter. This is this is really what you're working at. You got to yeah. see if it sells first, right? And people want more. Yeah. Yeah. So we've we've got the one liter and we've got the fifty mil. All right. And so production is actually still local. It's yeah. in Washington State. Yep. So yep. it's Washington made. Washington um, made. I love that you've got Michigan Cantina because that's by my house. And uh, I really, it's actually in walking distance. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're one of the, our first uh, customers and they've, they've done a great job with it. Uh, what's your well tequila? What's your 100% blue agave well tequila? Is that Luna Azul? No, we're actually using Jose Cuervo Tradicional. Oh yeah, so that's they their... brought the price down on that a lot. Yep. I saw that. Yep. That's nuts. Yeah, it's, it, it's... at the time it was one of the four or five that was like okay. Yeah, they were yeah. the first ones out there. Yeah, and then came Patron. I mean, that's that's tequila. Obviously, Cuervo Especial is the mixto, which is you know the one that's blended and right. not a hundred percent agave, and that one has 
that's their number one selling tequila because of the price point. But um, for yeah, their- because it was also out there for the last 30, 40 years. Exactly, and and so that's uh, that is um, you know it's a, they're one hundred percent agave. Is their Cuervo Tradicional? Yeah, yeah, that's great, and that's that's what we use for all of our house Interesting bottle though, because I still margarita. think they this the cylindrical one is a little taller than most. It seems mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I always thought that was uh, uh, kind of a challenge, um, but really delicious. I, I love this. Uh, I like the fact that you also put the label upside down mm-hmm. on the bo- on the bottle hanger mm-hmm. here. I mean, what are we going to call this? The uh, the caddy? Yeah, no, it's shotgun. Bit, yeah, I mean, it can be many things. I mean, some people call it the bulldog. Uh, the the primo caddy, uh, Grandez and Margarita is when I want to continue with the names. So I mean, I'm thinking branded, in a yeah. restaurant it's like uh, I need a house margarita with or an upgrade. I don't know, we'll find that there. <laughs> but I am digging this margarita. Um, you know, I awesome. brought a beer here and I mentioned it earlier, the Buenos Noches, and uh, I was actually on the wagon when I got this. But and it seems uh, I'm just jumping off and on like a trolley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say this as we come to our, our final segment. Um, when you think about some of the beers, you're obviously – do you have a dark beer? I remember when I worked at Kasi Betcha, there was something called Chengdu, which I think was a, um, a Pavilion, Brazilian beer. I, yeah, Brazil. Very dark. Interesting. Do you have dark beers outside of uh, Dos Equis, Amber or Dos Equis Dark? Yeah, we do. We have Negro Modelo. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Negro Modelo and Bohemia as well. What I like about Negro Modelo, I like a Modelo Especial 50% and Negro 50%. I think that mix is just really perfect. Never try that. Oh, it's it's great because one is just a little too light. Others just you can't really have more, but you mix them together, you, you can actually find out that you have two. All right. Good hey, um, uh, so this is available now. This yes. uh, Grandadeza. Grandeza orange liqueur made uh, with green spirits here in Washington State, available at some restaurants, especially Mexican restaurants, and at Downtown Spirits. Hey, stick around, folks. I've got a beautiful beer we're going to taste to sort of uh, balance this lovely margarita with uh, Bernie Garcia of Grandeza right here in Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. The Commute with Carlson, live and local, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for our fourth and final segment here with Bernie Garcia of the Moctezuma Restaurant Empire and the new and yet to become world-dominating uh, orange liqueur called Grandesa. Uh, it's available at uh, select high-end <laughs> Mexican restaurants throughout the region, but also available at Downtown Spirits. Is there a website for this? You yeah. got the whole website? Yeah, definitely. Get, uh, we're on uh, GrandezaSpirits.com, and then we've got a great Instagram following as well, as well uh, Grandeza Liqueur. You can find us there as well and kind of just follow us and and see what we're up to. Yeah, really exciting. All right, so uh, you being a f- uh, restaurant guy, you being a, a recent college grad, and obviously you're you're pretty tall for the uh, the heritage that you <laughs> bring forth, which is cool because I'm pretty tall for my heritage, uh-huh. which I think is a huge benefit. Yeah, absolutely. You're certainly not, you know, like yeah, you know, people want to mess with a little Chinese guy. They don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I get these products coming through. You know, they said, hey, you got to try this, got to try that, and I would talked about it. I teased it a couple weeks ago, but I was apparently on the wagon at that time, and 
Obviously, you, you pulled me off the wagon with Grandeza. Uh, this is Buenas Noches. It's a barrel-aged stout out of Biscayne Bay, which is in Florida. So let's go ahead and smell it. It's a dark beer, and apparently it's 10-point-plus alcohol wow. by volume. Malty. Yeah, delicious. It smells good. Uh, smells like uh, toasted walnuts, um, some mocha, uh, cocoa powder. A little coffee. Coffee, yeah. And um, certainly I can smell some of the booze in there, which mm-hmm. heck, mm-hmm. I don't mind. 10.1, that's, that's a pretty. Yeah, it's going to be a level. 22 ounce beer. <laughs> yeah. It's two, it's two, uh, point two shut. Hmm. Wow, that is really yummy. Perfect. I'm glad I had a chance to open it. Um, for being a barrel-aged stout, it's not a f- huge-bodied, bold and heavy type of beer here. I mean, stout can be bold and heavy. Um, this seems to be a little lighter, at least on my palate. Perhaps it's, I'm just following the 80 proofs up. <laughs> uh, but to me, on the palate, you get the, the mocha, the coffee, the chocolate, the cocoa, uh, the maltiness. Um, it's it's slightly hoppy, the hops just enough to give you the edge, the sort of the graham cracker of uh, on the chocolate or maybe the stuff in the Kit Kat. I don't know if I'm saying that right or if that makes any sense. Small bead. It's so the, I mean the bubbles are tiny. Mm-hmm. That's part of the barrel aging. So when you think about barrel aging, I mean how do they do that? How do they keep the bubbles in it? To put the barrel in a vacuum? <laughs> no idea. Or they probably age it and then they do the secondary fermentation. Smells good though, huh? Yeah, it's delicious. And you have dark beers there at uh, Moctezuma. Yes, we do. And mm-hmm. you've got you said uh, Negro Modelo, mm-hmm. Bohemia, probably Dos Equis dark. Yep, Dos Equis right. Ambar. Oh, Ambar. Ambar. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm I'm digging this. This is perfect for a cold January. Wait, February. Holy smokes. Uh, Got to keep up. Um, go figure. It's getting warmer in this country. The This weekend is, is has been warm. Um, and go figure. I'm going to be heading out to some warm areas soon enough. Uh, but, Bernie, again, the, the website is Grandiza Spirits. Spirits. Dot com or Instagram Grandiza Liqueur. Dot com, and for to find your restaurant, you guys open seven days a week. Of course, you are. Yes, we are. Of course. Seven <laughs> When's days. happy hour? Uh, it is from three to seven, then nine to close, and every every day, and then all all day, right. all day on Sundays. All day and Sundays. Yeah. So you guys are having. I mean, you guys had a huge Super Bowl party, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> and then on Thursdays as well. This is uh, uh we have a Grandeza Thursdays, which we have these on two dollars off as well, which is kind of a cool thing. Are you going to get in the tequila business? Not now. No. Not now. You it's, got a little it's, baby. You it's, it's definitely nurture. very competitive and um but but I think we've got a cool little niche here in this uh in this liqueur business and, and so you know, so far so good and we're just excited to expand. Well congratulations. A pleasure to meet you. Uh Likewise. and when Herb Weissbaum says that he loves Moctezuma, that means something. Super yeah. <laughs> advocate. Uh so fun. Thanks for joining me and happy hour. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Appreciate it. Hey folks, just a reminder, coming up is uh the Washington wine event at the Columbia Tower Club. This is the Washington Wine Blog Best of Washington Wine Tasting, and I understand that some of those big hitters like Ryan Van, Cayuse, Quilcita Creek will be there. So this is your chance. There might be a few tickets available. Um still hundred bucks a ticket but well worth it uh also the vancouver international wine festival if you ever want to get away just head up to vancouver where 
the dollar, uh, the American dollar is quite uh, uh, robust, if you will. Um, they've got four or five days of, of activities, a lot of wine dinners, a lot of wine classes, master classes, and some grand tastings. I always recommend heading up there because you'll see wines you don't see because most of those wines have to be cleared through the uh, Canadian Liquor Control Board, which is <laughs> relatively tight, kind of like our border wall. Anyway, uh, the Manhattan Experience on liquor to, liquor.com. Get in there. I've got a cocktail recipe. Maybe you can beat me. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, we have a website, happyhourradio.net, and life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!